0: We hope you'll be blessed and inspired and challenged and motivated by this fresh word from Christian Heritage Church. Now, it's my privilege to announce our guest speaker today, Mr. Doug Apple. You hear his voice on on Wave 94. His podcast, My Heart is on Fire. He's a great friend of mine. Mr. Doug Apple, y'all give him a round of applause. (laughs) All right. And before we get started, I'm going to just go ahead and just pray for the word, right? So let's all pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we come to you again, God, just to glorify your name, Father God. Lord, I ask that you send a fresh anointing over your word, Father God, that every word that comes out of his mouth be from you, Father God, and we just bless you and we thank you, God. Let us hear this word and not just hear it, God, but take it with us and practice it in our life. We pray this in your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Mr. Apple. Yes, we give. Amen. All right, this is a teaching that is going to revolutionize your life. So I want to start by asking this question. Why do we, humans, like revenge movies? You say, man, I don't really like those movies. They're so popular, and it's an element in so many movies, revenge movies. Like, think of Taken. Uh, Does anybody remember the line from Taken, I will find you and I will, oh man, that's revenge, that's revenge, it was so popular that we had Taken 2 and then that was so popular we had Taken 3 and then that was so popular they turned it into a TV series, we love revenge. Uh, Think of, uh, you think, oh, well, that's just an old classic, right, Braveheart Well, of course, it's all about revenge. Or Mel Gibson, you know, he found a winner with Braveheart, so he said, you know, what if I put that in 1776 and called it The Patriot? All right, another revenge movie. Or The Revenant, more recently, whole movie about getting revenge on those guys. Or Gladiator, look what you did to my family, I'm going to get revenge. Tombstone. How about Karate Kid? No, that's not about, oh yeah, I guess it is. Or you'll, you'll probably figure this is about revenge, Mean Girls. Like nobody wants to watch a show about Mean Girls unless the Mean Girls get it in the end. We want to see people get revenge. Or Rocky 2, well, you got to get revenge from, you know, Rocky 1. And then, well, then there was Rocky 3, but then Rocky 4 where you got to get revenge. <laughs> I mean, it's all about revenge. I mean, Kevin Costner even has a movie called Revenge. Uh, Mel Gibson, good old Mel, he put out another movie called Payback. That's right. And then Clint Eastwood actually has a movie called Unforgiveness. I mean, just come right out and say it, Unforgiveness. But if you watch for it, so often that's the way we set up the stories, the novels, the TV shows, the movies. You have the happy people, And then the mean people do something to the happy people, and the happy people get revenge. That's just the way it works in the shows, because it's human nature, and then we want to see it. And then, you know, it strikes a chord in us, because we all hate being taken advantage of. We hate it if we get hurt. We hate it if we get humiliated, you know, if the mean girls humiliate you. We hate being offended. We hate being looked down upon. We hate any kind of unfairness and injustice and bullies and bad people doing bad things. All right, so we may not all have the power or the nerve or the, say it, chutzpah. We don't all have that to go out and get revenge on our own, so it really tickles something inside of us when we can watch it on the screen and somebody you know what about walking tall you know you grab your big stick and you go out and you get even with them well it's obviously so common and that's why it's in so many stories and then the movie ends and everyone goes home and lives happily ever after right well not in real life that's not the way it works because, listen to this, now listen to this line, let this line ring within you. Even in the, uh, we might call it the best case scenario in a revenge movie, in the best case scenario, the offender dies. We got rid of the bad people, they died. But the offense lives on. So the offender dies but the offense lives on. How do you know the offense lives on? If somebody did something to you, and let's say you actually did get your revenge and they died, and then every time you think about it, what? The offense lives on. It's still there. It's just as alive as ever in you. Even if the the guy who did it is dead. So the offender's dead and gone, and there you are sitting in your armchair by the fire, With a drink in your hand, you've got the glass, the offender's dead, but you're still seething in rage because of what they did, and you whip your glass into the fireplace because now you can't even go kill the offender because you already did. That's what would happen if the movies were like 10 minutes longer, (laughs) the revenge movies, because it doesn't do anything to soothe your soul. Well, the good news is that God has a better plan, and it's called forgiveness. Now I know forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. We talk about it all the time in church. Man, we've been talking about it a lot recently in church. It may be that the Holy Spirit is doing this because I know when. Uh, I mean, I had to forgive Mark the other day because on Wednesday night, a few weeks ago, he taught on forgiveness. I was like, Mark, I'm going to be teaching on forgiveness. What up? Then, uh, what was it, uh, two weeks ago, the pastor announces he's going to do a little one on reconciliation, Pastor Steve. Well, anyway, this teaching is on forgiveness, but it's going to be a little different, and it's going to be called the Three Levels of Forgiveness, the Three Levels of Forgiveness. And here's the first level, you can put that up there, Rookie Forgiveness, Rookie forgiveness you say man, what's rookie forgiveness? Well rookie forgiveness I mean it's better than no forgiveness at all, but this is the rookie level So hopefully you're at the rookie level where you do forgive people You've been taught it the Holy Spirit inside you is reminding you that you should forgive people So this is where you are. Maybe you're at the rookie level one of the things that we talk about in our new beginnings class or our new members class uh, raise your hand if you've been through that class in this church where uh, me and Miss Maisie are in there and so we went through the class Alright, so one of the things that we harp on in that class you have to forgive everyone of say it Everything forgive everyone of everything go ahead and put that Bible verse up then it's mark eleven twenty five. And it says, whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. So fill in the blank for me. If you have anything against anyone, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. And then it goes on and says that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. So remember this from Pastor Steve's sermon a few weeks ago. He said, when you live in unforgiveness, see if you can fill in the blank here. When you live in unforgiveness, you give the devil a foothold. Good job. Uh, Right now we're in the middle of a healing course that Brenda Maynard is teaching in the Sunday school class. And one of the things she said recently is that unforgiveness may be a reason that God is not healing you. We don't have it for the screen, but Colossians 3.13 says, Even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. So if Christ forgave you, and he did, then you must forgive others. Well, we know all that. So here's the question, and here's where the three levels of forgiveness come in, and that is we're going to plot it on a timeline. So imagine we draw a line and we put little dots on it, so we're going to plot it. And what we're plotting out here is the offense. Here it is, you know, the hour, the minute, the second that they did that to you, boom. That's a a place in your life. The emotions that were involved in you when they did that to you, you're never going to forget it. You're not going to forget the time. You're not going to forget the place. You're not going to forget the feelings that stirred up within you because it's almost like, you take a uh, snapshot of something and the flash goes off, bam, it's captured forever. Whatever happened after that, you don't remember. Whatever happened before that, you don't remember. But by golly, this moment in time, you'll never forget. All right, so that's the beginning of the timeline. So then we move forward on the timeline and somewhere down here is where you forgive. That's rookie forgiveness because here's a point, here's a point, maybe it's the next day, Maybe it's a week later, a month later, maybe it's 35 years later after they're dead and you realize you know, the Holy Spirit stirs it up within you. You gotta forgive them, you gotta forgive them and finally you do. That's rookie forgiveness. Somewhere down the timeline. So the question is, between here and there, how much bitterness, how much offense, How many vile words will you speak against your enemy? How many plans of revenge, not that you carry them out, but you stir them up in your mind if I ever get the chance? Oh, wouldn't it be great if this happened, if that happened? You're you're writing a screenplay in your mind of your own revenge movie. So how long down the timeline will it be before you forgive? So there it is. The bitterness, the anger, the hatred, the malice. Oh, except there is this one scripture that says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. All of it. Put it away from you. How do you do that? Forgiveness. So you get all that stuff away from you through forgiveness. So you finally do forgive This is what I'm calling level one forgiveness. That's rookie forgiveness. You finally do forgive a period of time after you've been hurt. Uh, Pastor Steve said this. Here's another quote from him. He said, you know you've really forgiven them when you can remember the offense, because you'll never really forgive forget the offense, but when you can remember the offense without feeling the pain. How do you know you've forgiven someone? When you do remember it, But see, when you remember something and it still just drives that screwdriver into your heart every time you think of it, well, then you may not have forgiven, or maybe you did and you just need to forgive them again. Some people say, well, you know, you don't have to forgive them again if you already forgave them. Now, if it stirs back up in your heart, then the offense feels fresh and new, then the forgiveness needs to be fresh and new. Got that? If the offense feels fresh and new, then you need to renew the forgiveness. Here's an example of not feeling the pain. When I was a child growing up, my parents gave us money and other relatives gave us money. And it was birthday money. It was allowances. It was whatever. You know, you wash the uncle's car and you get how much do you think you got? Then you give, you know, you're a little kid. What do you do with the money? You give it to your parents and, you know, you don't keep track of it. I didn't. I didn't know how much money I had. Didn't care. You know, didn't think about it. But apparently it racked up to a certain amount, and apparently at some point my parents got in a jam, uh-oh, where's this going, and they spend our money, <laughs> but they had our money anyway and they provided for us, it wasn't like they were bad parents, I didn't know it or think anything about it. And it wasn't until I was like a young man, and I don't remember the age, but whether it was 18 or 20 or 22 or somewhere in there, and I'm the oldest, so all the others are younger, but somewhere in there, my parents let me know, uh, hey, you know, way back when we borrowed X number of dollars from you, and we're going to pay it back. All right, so I didn't even know about the offense. It never occurred to me until that day. But I felt zero pain from that offense because really, I forgave them. I mean, I didn't know about it, but I forgave them. Whereas I'm quoting one guy. I remember one guy found out about a past offense and he started fretting about it. And he he said this line. This is exactly what he said. All those things I had to go through not knowing. He didn't even know. But as soon as he found out, he let like 10 years of offense (laughs) come into him. Well, I didn't let that happen. I was just like, I I mean, I immediately, it was just like stamping it, forgiven, forgiven. Because I was like, man, you're my parents. You raised me. I owe you a million dollars. It doesn't matter what you did. And then I realized that they were coming at it like they felt bad and they did it and they're going to pay it back. I was like, don't pay it back. I owe you, you don't owe me, I just, just forgiven. So, I mean, if I think about today, I don't feel any offense, I didn't feel any offense then, it never, I never felt any offense from that. That's an example of, you can remember the quote offense, but you don't feel any pain. Of course, you know, some of you might say, well, that's like little or nothing compared to what I've been through. And then there might be a couple of you out there saying like, my mom owes me money right now, and I'm going to go get it after church. <laughs> so in some fam- family dynamics there's a lot of drama and unforgiveness and a lot of bitterness but forgiveness can take care of these things you know you've really forgiven them when you can remember the offense without feeling the pain let that sink in in this example maybe not the best example i didn't feel pain not even for one second Part of it was because I love my parents so much, and they've done so much for me that even when I found out about the offense, boom, it was just forgiven. So that's what we're going to do. You can put the next one on the screen. This is the next level of forgiveness, instant forgiveness, instant forgiveness. So back to our timeline. Remember, you've got the plot of the point of the offense here, and rookie forgiveness is somewhere down the line, you finally forgive. Because you know you should forgive, you ought to forgive, and then that's rookie forgiveness, which is better than no forgiveness. But instant forgiveness is when the offense happens, and you just instantly forgive him, Forgiven. Just boom. Forgiven. Sometimes I imagine a uh, spaceship like from Star Wars, and it's flying along, and then here comes the enemy ship. mm mm-hmm. Mm-mm. anyway, here it comes, and it starts firing the laser cannons at the ship and If this ship is prepared, what happens to the laser shots ding ding this if this, this ship 's prepared because they have a what a shield they 've got a protective shield around the ship, so they 're firing ding ding it doesn't even they don 't take the hit, so instant forgiveness is you don 't take the hit you don 't take the hit because you forgive it 's the shield forget instant forgiveness is the shield now, like i 'm going to say more than once in here, and that is you really can 't do that in the flesh you 're going to have to have the power of the Holy Spirit rising up within you because what 's going to happen is you 're going to step outside here in the hall after church today and um, you know somebody 's going to say something about you. <laughs> And you're going to overhear it because you're walking by and they're like, what was she wearing today? Oh, my gosh. Or why did they let him speak today? (laughs) (laughs) Why don't they ever ask me? I mean, who knows what? You're going to hear something and then you can put that point on the timeline. Bam, there's the offense. When will you forgive? Well, just forgive instantly. Just like, boom, forgiven, forgiven. You know, you're going to go to work Monday and your boss is going to say something that hurts you. I mean, it might really hurt. They say something that just undercuts you, it undermines you, it's offensive. Or, you know, worse yet, they fire you or they uh, cut your pay or your benefits or something. Forgive. Just forgive. Forgive instantly. How about this? Your rich relative dies and uh, uh, all your family lives uh, down in Miami and so you fly into Miami to find out about the will, and you realize they've swindled you out of everything. What do you do about that? Forgive, forgive, just forgive them. All right, here's the thing. You should be tossing out forgiveness like candy at a parade. Forgive, 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 forgive. That's the way it should be, just tossing it out because offenses come, just forgive them, forgive, because then you don't take the hit. You're not going to lay in bed at night like stewing and feeling ill at your stomach because you just forgave. Forgiven. You know you're supposed to forgive anyway. So the question is, when? If you do it right now at the point of the offense, all right, now you've just saved yourself bitterness, anger, wrath, malice, rage, revenge, hatred, all down the line until the day you're going to forgive anyway. So just cut short the process. God doesn't want you to go all this time until you finally forgive. You're not getting even with them by not forgiving them. Like I'm going to get even with them by being angry for 10 years. What good is that? Just forgive them. Instant forgiveness. Well, I thought about this. You ought to be passing out forgiveness like Oprah passing out cars. Have you ever seen that video where Oprah was passing out the cars Oh, it's a very exciting video. She's got all the people in the audience, mostly women. And apparently, I've never seen the Oprah show, but apparently like once a year she gives out gifts to everybody. But they don't know which show it's going to be or whatever. So at some point, all these uh, women dressed in pink T-shirts come out and they've got these just stacks and stacks of these silver boxes wrapped with a ribbon. And they're passing them out to everybody. And she's saying, don't open it yet. Don't open it yet. And they must have already showed them some nice car earlier in the show because she makes reference to it. And she says, one of you is going to get a new car. Well, I mean, the place electrifies. And I think it's mostly or maybe all women in the audience. And they are excited. The cameras are going around because they know, they look around, it'd be like if I gave out a new car in here today. I'm not, but if I was, there's not that many here and you could look around and say my odds are pretty good. This is not like the lottery of chance of 1 and impossible. Your your odds are good. Well, that's the way it was and they were super excited and you know, they know Oprah's got the power to give away a car so they all had their little box and she's like, "Don't open it." And she does like a little 3 2 1 countdown to open the box. And you know, it's a, a box and people have different speeds. Some of you are the kind that probably would want to make sure you save that ribbon. I'm going to use that later. Some of them would have been very careful, and some of them were like, (sighs) All right. Well, so the first lady who got her box just ripped open, screams because she's got the key in the box. She got the new car, but all of a sudden, this one screams. That one screams, and pretty soon, the whole room is screaming. Because they all got a key. they Everybody in the room got a brand new car. And I mean the place is electrified with excitement. So much so that uh, Oprah's caught up in the moment because now she's shouting out, you get a new car and you get a new car and everybody gets a new car. So it's super exciting. And that kind of became a popular meme on the internet of of, uh, Oprah saying that everybody gets a new car. That's the way we should be passing out forgiveness. So that if somebody offends you, you're like, you're forgiven and you're forgiven. Everybody's forgiven. Well, that's what we say in the New Beginnings class. Fill it in for me. Forgive everyone of everything. Forgive everyone of everything. So we're just forgiving. Now here is one big problem with this. And that is, I'm letting them get away with it. And I'm not going to do that. All right, Mel. Sometimes you got to forgive him. But some people say, I'll be a doormat. I'm not going to be a doormat. I'm going to let that boss push me around. Who do they think they are? Now I want to say this, because I'm going to add a little line here that sometimes we miss in this teaching about forgiveness is that you don't let them get away with it, but you forgive them. Does that make sense? Because sometimes I've heard the teaching is you, you forgive it, you forget about it, and you don't even bring it up to anybody. All right, well, I have an illustration. Back when I lived in Illinois, there was a good little Pentecostal girl, and up there when, I said, when we had Pentecostals, they were the skirts and the hair and everything. I mean, good little Pentecostal girl, and she gets raped, And it was the headlines in the paper that she does not press charges because God wants her to forgive. And I remember reading that, I didn't think a lot about it, but I remember reading that and I thought, well, you know, I mean, I'm a spirit-filled Christian, that doesn't ring right with me, but I didn't think it through until a few weeks later, that guy did it again. And then finally it all clicked in my brain, I was like, all right, here's how it goes, Yes, forgive, and yes, hold accountable. Because, uh, first of all, you didn't do that guy any favors. That guy needed to be locked up. He caused himself more trouble by not being in jail. And, obviously, you didn't do the next victim any favors. So, if somebody, let's say somebody, uh, like, here, here's one that's in the news today. Uh, this week, you read about the local high school football coach, Corey... Simon? God be. Well, anyway, whatever it is, the story was that he had an attorney, and I think he was like filing a concussion lawsuit or something with that attorney. But anyway, the whole point of it is, if I remember the details right, that he embezzled like $700,000. So should the coach forgive the man? Yes, of course, he has to. He should forgive him instantly. Right now, at the point of offense, soon as he found out, hey, man, that guy took your money. Of course, now it's got to go through the whole lawsuit and whatever, trial, however it goes down. But he still needs to instantly forgive. So if you found out somebody you knew for sure, man, that guy took my $700,000. Forgive, forgive, and hold accountable. That guy needs to be held accountable for what he did. You're not doing him or his next customers or anybody any favors by not holding him accountable. The illustration that I can use is a child, Because we, I use an illustration of a child because we know it's true of a child, a mommy and a two-year-old. All right, so the two-year-old, and you know, some two-year-olds talk better than others. Some of them talk really well, and you think they're five or six or seven, but they're still saying things out of a two-year-old brain. They don't know what they're talking about. Normal mothers know that. So when the two-year-old screams, I hate you, mommy, because what? You're trying to make him go to bed, go to the bathroom when he's... Dancing around you need to go to the bathroom. I hate you mommy Well, the mom doesn't take a hit why doesn't she take a hit because she know she knows the big picture Of how this really goes down. She knows the big picture. So she doesn't take the hit She's like the spaceship with the protective shield of forgiveness. She just forgives instantly. There's no offense Well, the mom looks at the two-year-old who says something hateful forgiven But does she let the two-year-old get away with it? No, she trains the two-year-old because she loves the two-year-old. So you don't let the two-year-old get away with bad behavior because you love the two-year-old so much that you know that it's bad for the two-year-old to do that behavior. So you love, you forgive, and you hold accountable. So just extrapolate that into all other situations. Somebody embezzles $700,000 from you. You forgive them. So you're not going to bed with hatred in your heart. You're not stirring up a revenge movie in your mind. You forgive them from your heart and follow the legal processes to hold them accountable. Does that make sense? So it's both of them. And you you might think, well, it's kind of hard to do that. No, it's not hard. When you love somebody, when you really love somebody, have you ever heard of somebody being baker acted? I'm sure that might be abused, but I think often it's when somebody loves somebody so much and they're... You know, they're destroying their lives on drugs or something like that. Well, then we have a legal thing in place in order to try to get them the help they need, if I, if I remember that right. All right, so if somebody commits a crime against you, you know, you walk in your house, somebody's walking out with your TV. Yes, forgive them instantly <laughs> and call 911. You know, take the action that you need to take, but forgive them, otherwise you'll you'll just... Where on the timeline are you going to forgive them? Just do it now. Save yourself all the heartache. You can do both. All right? You go in a meeting, and your boss calls you stupid in front of everybody. There you are down at the old office, and you had a little meeting, and the boss says, you know what? This wouldn't happen happened if old stupid over here. And you just shrink, and you're hurt, and you're offended, and it's awful. Forgive them instantly. Forgive them instantly. What you do is you forgive them, and it clears the cloud that stands between you and the root of the problem. What's really the problem here? The uh, mother knows that the two-year-old doesn't have like this deep level of hatred for mommy. That's not really the root of the problem. The root of the problem is something else. The child needs to eat. The child isn't getting his way, whatever it is. All right, if your boss calls you stupid in front of everybody... And you know you're not stupid. They probably wouldn't have you there if you were that stupid. So that's not the root of the problem. What is the root of the problem? Well, once, and this happens, oh my gosh, this happens in marriages all the time uh, where a spouse says this and then the other spouse, there's a little cloud in the air now because we're not really at the truth, the root of the problem. So this spouse reacts to the exact words of that other spouse. I always always i always do that and so now next thing you know it's escalating because they're playing a little verbal ping-pong they're doing verbal jousting and none of it has anything to do with the root of the problem but if you instantly forgive your spouse says something snarky forgiven forgiven you just hop right over that and it sets you free to try to look at the root of the problem it clears the cloud The cloud that comes up of unforgiveness that causes you now to react out of pain and hurt and offense, you clear the cloud, and now you can deal with what is the root of the problem? You know, why did my wife say that? She's had a bad day, or I really didn't take out the garbage and it stinks, it stunk up the whole house. Well, then all you can do is apologize. But if you instead let the hurt get to you, then uh, now you've caused that offense to grow and you're not ever going to deal with the actual problem. You get sucked into that vortex. All right, so here's what I'm going to say, and that is that instant forgiveness sets you free to love the other person because that's what you're supposed to do anyway. So we talk about forgiving everyone of everything. Well, we know we're supposed to love everybody. So you get embezzled for $700,000. You're supposed to love that guy. Jesus said love your enemies. You're supposed to love him. If somebody commits a crime against you, yes, call 911. And forgive them and love them. Forgiveness opens the door for you to love your enemies. You can't love your enemies if you haven't forgiven them. You've got a giant wall of bitterness between you and loving them. But then when you love them, I mean, that changes the whole dynamic in the room if you love them. So let's say this, your boss calls you in, you're 20 and they're 40, you're 30 and they're 50, or vice versa, you're 50 they're 30 whatever it is, and they call you stupid in front of everybody and you take the hit. But think about this, if you've been praying for your boss, if you've been trying to do everything your boss wants, you've been actually in Christian love, loving your boss, like in this big way, this big God love, and then your boss calls you stupid, that's not even going to hit you because you're already way up on this bigger plane of God's love. So these little offenses, they're not going to hit you. Just like a, like a mom and a two-year-old. Two-year-old says, I hate you, mommy. That doesn't hit the mom because she's, she's got this heart full of love for the child. She's way up here on this, the plane of love rather than down here in the fray. All right. One of the illustrations that I use for this is uh, I call it being the big wheel. Be the big wheel, not the little wheel. Well, what do you mean by that? Have you ever pushed a kid in a stroller but it's one of the strollers with the little wheels. So maybe you got a two- or three-year-old, you're walking around the theme park, and, or you're going down to the parade, and, and you had to park a mile away, and you're pushing the child in the stroller, and the little wheel, maybe it's one of those umbrella strollers you fold up and throw in the back of the car. Every little rock you hit, I mean, if the sidewalk's uneven at any place, ch 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 That's the way you are if you're not practicing instant forgiveness. You're the little wheel. Don't be the little wheel, because then every time, you know, hey, your boss, hey, stupid, oh, I take the hit. Whereas if you have forgiveness and then love, love love makes you the big wheel. So a big wheel is, for example, have you ever seen the strollers? They're a little pricier than the umbrella strollers. These are these uh, jogging strollers. You know, they've got like the two wheels in the back and the big wheel on the front. Those are bigger wheels, you know, so they're like, I don't know, four or five times bigger. Well, why is that? It's because that stroller, if you're out, you know, you got the healthy mom and she's out jogging with the child in the stroller, then it, it can hit almost anything and just fly right over it because a big wheel just goes over things and it doesn't get stopped by those things. Or have you ever seen a truck in a quarry? Quarry is where they go in the, the, they basically dig a canyon carving out the rocks. Well, a quarry truck has giant wheels, like bigger than me. Well, why is that? Well, because they're constantly driving over rocks. And it doesn't matter what size, hey, it's the rocks this big, no problem, drive right over it. You want to be the big wheel. How do you be the big wheel? Forgiveness, which kind of removes the rock, and in loving them, lets you roll right over whatever the situation is. So, If uh, you love your spouse that much and the spouse is saying or doing something offensive to you, you could take the hit. Just practice that instant forgiveness because you love them so much, like the mother and the two-year-old, and it just allows you to roll right over those rocks. You're being the big wheel. Uh, Here's what uh, uh, one of the ladies shared with me, and I'll share this. It's a, a version. I couldn't find the version from 1 Corinthians 13, 5. But it says it this way, love barely even notices a suffered wrong. Love barely even notices a suffered wrong. It really was a wrong. They really did it to you. But if you love them that much, then you barely even notice. Like I said, you cannot do this in the flesh. You're going to have to have God's spirit rising up within you. All right. So we have two levels of forgiveness so far. And that is, what's the first one? Rookie forgiveness. What's the second one? Instant forgiveness. So rookie forgiveness, instant forgiveness. And now here's the third level, and it is preemptive forgiveness. Preemptive forgiveness. You know what the word preemptive means? Colonel Sanchez, I know you know what a preemptive strike is. A preemptive strike oh we found out the other country has some bombs and they're getting ready to bomb us what would a preemptive strike be one before they strike strike. we take we wipe out their bombs so oh they've got this whole thing planned over here they got this uh, this bomb stockpiled in a big barn we blow up the barn preemptive strike we do it before it happens we find out it's gonna happen And then we do it before it happens. Well, Jesus said something interesting. I don't have it for the screen, but Luke 17, 1, part of the verse, we're just focusing on part of the verse, Luke 17, 1, it says, Jesus said, it is impossible that no offenses should come. It's impossible that no offenses should come. Well, we already knew this anyway. They're coming. There's going to be some kind of offense. Somebody's going to say something that's going to hurt. Somebody's going to do something that's going to hurt. It will happen. It's impossible that no offenses should come. They're going to come. Like I already brought up the example of the family and the will. All right, now let this sink into you. Some of you are a little older. Some of you are a little younger. Some of you have probably had this happen already. But I've already told all my kids and everything. I say, whatever happens to my parents or any other relatives, you know, whatever happens, and whatever all the other family does, I will allow zero interruptions in my relationships with those people. I love those people, each and every single one of them. I love every one of them. And no matter what they do, I will not stop loving them. Let's say uh, all of a sudden I find out somebody dies... You know, I'm stuck down here in Florida, families in other parts of the country, and I find out, oh, guess what? You remember that uh, cool thing you gave your dad on Father's Day a few years ago that you thought was really super cool and you kind of wanted it back when he passed? You didn't get it. Forgiven. Forgiven. In fact, I don't forgive them instantly. What have I already done? I already forgave them. Preemptive. I did it in advance. So if I found out, oh, your sister, your brother, your aunt, your uncle, hey, guess what they did? Doesn't matter. Man, I forgave him back in 2018. I forgave him at church that morning where I already forgave him, And then that sets me free to love them. And now, of course, if they do something criminal, now we're going to have to talk about that. But not out of anger, revenge, bitterness, but out of, you know, what is, good, what is best for these people that I love? What needs to happen to these people that I love? So sometimes I think of it like an emergency bank account. Don't raise your hand, but do you have an emergency bank account? You got some money socked away, so when the transmission goes out, or like me this week, is Rodney in here? I, I haven't seen Rodney today, and then all of a sudden you have to put all new tires on your car. Well, that's where the emergency fund comes in, you know? So when the, uh, when the auto pro tells you, oh boy, you know, got some bad news, you don't, you don't slink off broke, But you've saved up some money. Well, the same thing like this is an emergency forgiveness account. If this helps you to think of it the right way, go ahead and put some forgiveness in there because Jesus already said it's impossible that no offenses should come. You're going to get offended. You're going to get hurt. There's going to be some, somebody's going to do this. They're going to hit your car and drive off. They're going to hit your car and drive off. You don't know who it was. You love your car. They hit your car and drove off. You're so mad. You're so angry. Then you call the insurance company and they say, oh, you know, I guess you didn't see uh, subsection 3.A, Roman numeral 4, um, because it happened on a Sunday. Uh, That's an act of God. We don't cover that. (laughs) All right. That could make you, like, super angry. Forgive. Forgive, forgive, forgive. I'm not saying don't try to get your money, but I'm saying in your heart, forgive. Otherwise, how long down the timeline will it be until you finally forgive them for what they did to you? Forgive them now, today, before it even happens, because it's going to happen. If you got your precious car sitting out in the parking lot today, heaven help us if somebody dinged your door on the way into church. Well, forgive them right now, because you might walk out there and it might be that way. Just forgive them now. Otherwise, why wait? What are you waiting for? Put forgiveness into that forgiveness account. My wife said, so uh, this new teaching of yours, because I've been like talking about this for a few weeks, this new teaching of yours, I can pretty much do whatever I want, right? I said, I forgave you years ago. You're forgiven already. I said, but I will hold you accountable. (laughs) All right, so Pastor Steve said this. I never allow someone to offend me. Have you heard him say that? He just said it like last week. That's preemptive. I mean, how could you know? I never allow someone to offend me. You don't know if they're going to offend you. He's talking about not what they do. He's talking about what he does. So they might try to be as offensive as they possibly could to him. But if he says, I never allow someone to offend me, that's not controlling their actions That's deciding ahead of time. That's preemptive. You decide ahead of time what you're going to do. Well, I'm saying right now, decide in advance. Forgive, 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 forgive. You're forgiven, you're forgiven. And then if somebody said, well, why would you forgive me? Because I love you. Why'd you forgive me? Because I love you. That's how much I love you. And you don't even have to announce it. That could be annoying. It might not be forgiveness. If your spouse says something, you go like, I forgive you. You know, like Doug said, I forgive you. Uh, That may or may not be helpful in that situation. All right, now here's another thing that you might say is, but they don't deserve it. That doesn't matter. Forgive them. Or here's a really big one, because you might say, I'll forgive them when they ask for it. Well, they may never ask for it. If it's like the movies, bad people do bad things, (laughs) they're not asking for forgiveness. If you try to wait for that, they're glad they did it. You just don't wait. Don't wait for any of that. Forgive them. The Bible says, be merciful just as your Father in heaven is merciful. So if you say, well, why would I forgive them? They don't deserve it. Well, then that's called mercy. If you forgive someone and you're giving something they don't deserve, you're giving forgiveness. Well, if you give someone something they don't deserve, that's mercy. And you're supposed to be merciful too. So mercy covers that if you're kind of looking for a loophole into forgiveness. Remember this, forgive everyone for everything. And then you have the timeline, so why wait? Because down here you have what level of forgiveness? What do we call it? Rookie forgiveness. Why wait and do the rookie forgiveness? You're going to forgive anyway at some point. So better, second level is instant forgiveness. Might as well just forgive them instantly as soon as it happens. But if you're working on the timeline... And you want to go all the way to the top with number three. What's number three? Preemptive forgiveness. Go ahead and forgive them way in advance. Go ahead and forgive them now. If you think, well, somebody's going to do something. And this covers all levels. And I know that when somebody does something to you, it's easy for me to just stand up here and jabber about it. But when someone has really hurt you, as somebody really did, a trusted friend or a partner, a business partner, really did take your $700,000, that, it like fries your brain. Like even what I'm telling you right now, if you have somebody that has really done something bad to you, it like fries your brain. You can't even think clearly about it. It like short circuits you, the emotions and all of that. It just, it really fries you. What can you do about that? Well, then you can pay lip service, Lord, I can forgive him, or you can pray to the Lord, Lord, help me to forgive him. You might even have, you know, a powerful emotional moment where the Holy Spirit rises up in you and you really do forgive them. But then the next thing you know, it's the next day, and like I said, that, that's like that flash bulb that goes off that moment when the offense happened and you realized it, or they did a, committed a crime on you. And then all those emotions, that same mental frying, can come right back into you. And so, uh, if you're writing this down, I want you to write down these these letters, T-N-R-P-L-A. T-N-R-P-L-A. Write that down. T-N-R-P-L-A. And then below that write E-P. T-N-R-P-L-A-E-P. Does anybody have any idea what I'm talking about? Well, they all are the first letters of some words. So this is going to be my last thought today, and that is, when thinking about this offense, even if you have tried to forgive him or previously forgiven, but every time you think about it, it fries your brain because it will. It's so emotional. It's so painful. T N R P L A E P. All right. T stands for true. True. N stands for noble noble. True, noble, R stands for right. True, noble, right. TNR, what's the next three? PLA. PLA. True, noble, right. Pure, pure, L, lovely. So true, noble, right. Pure, lovely, admirable, True, noble, right. Pure, lovely, admirable. Then E.P., excellent. Surely you can give me the P word. Praiseworthy. So that's what the Bible says. Think on these things. Whatever is TNR. True, noble, right. P.L.A. Pure, lovely, and admirable. E.P. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think on these things. So write down these three words if you're taking notes. This is the last thought for the day. Don't go there. If something is frying your brain every time you think about it, you can control that. Don't go there. What do you do instead? Replace those thoughts with whatever is true, whatever is noble. Is what they did to you noble? No, it's not noble, so don't even think about it don't go there was it right it's not right so don't go there was it pure it wasn't pure I mean it may have been true the t, but the pure the lovely was it lovely it was not lovely don't think about it was it admirable it was not admirable don't go there was it excellent it was not excellent was it praiseworthy it was not praiseworthy it doesn't fit those categories So, if there's something that even you tried to forgive, maybe you already forgave, but every time it comes to your mind, oh my gosh. I mean, right then you start, when my memoir comes out, everybody's going to know what those people did to me. Don't go there. Don't write it down. Don't put it in your memoir. Don't think about it, because whatever is true, noble right pure lovely admirable excellent or praiseworthy those are the things we're supposed to think about and that will be the cure for this thing that you think about and even when you're trying to forget all right so there you go Uh, that's the three levels of forgiveness i said at the beginning that it would revolutionize your life and if you put this into practice even the preemptive forgiveness it's gonna it's gonna change everything for you trust me and now if anybody does need to like pray about this right now we will have the altars open we'll have the music going for a little bit it's not an official altar call per se but i do want to make sure that if you feel like man the holy spirit is just laying on this me i need to take five minutes and uh, talk this out with him then you are invited to come forward otherwise let's close in prayer heavenly father we thank you for your word we thank you for your holy spirit we thank you for the power of forgiveness lord this is something that is you gave us it's a gift that you gave us in a world where sin happens that we can forgive so god i pray that will help us to put these into practice especially learning the instant forgiveness and even the preemptive forgiveness so that we can say father forgive them for they know not what they do i pray lord that we will be washed clean and made whole and be able to walk in your love in all situations and god we pray that as we go forth now that you'll be with us and your holy spirit will rise up to greater and greater levels inside of us is that living water throughout the week and we pray this in Jesus name Amen Our prayer is that God will take this word and plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul Father we pray for your great wisdom to infiltrate this listener draw them to you and take them gently down the road to their next destination in life and if you're in need of a home church, we invite you to join us at Christian Heritage Church on Shara Road in Tallahassee, Florida, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's word and the power of the Holy Spirit. For a worship service where the presence of God has first place, you're invited to Christian Heritage Church. Sunday morning service is at 1030, Wednesday evening at seven, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For all the latest information, visit our website, chctoday.com.